Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the first day of a new church year. And so, Happy New Year! Sometimes, perhaps, for us, a new year might not always feel like a cause for celebration. New suggests the possibility of change, and change sometimes can be a bit disturbing for us. Particularly in the really important areas of our lives, we like to know exactly where we stand and exactly what we can expect to be coming in the future. Sometimes we don't like change very much at all. We want certainty. Must we go through life wondering whether God will change his promises to us? Will it always be grace and peace from God? Will he continue to grant us gifts by which we are kept strong today and for the day of our Lord's final coming? Will we really be counted blameless before the judgment seat of God on that day? Can such urgent, life-shaping hope be hung on God's promises? We need to know, as we now walk together toward Bethlehem, anticipating God's answer to our prayer, Come, Lord Jesus. And that's why God's word to us today in our sermon text is such good news for us. It tells us for certain that God is faithful. He will keep us strong to the end. Sometimes it it can be difficult for us to believe that God is faithful to his promises. Everything that we experience in life tells us to be doubtful about any certain thing, about any promise. We experience a, a multitude of broken promises in our lives. The internet guy will be there at 9 o'clock, he says, and we're still waiting for his arrival at 2 p.m. The check is in the mail, they say, but a month later, we still haven't gotten it. And on more serious matters, we've been the victim of numerous broken promises. We've been inconvenienced, hurt, provoked, and perhaps endangered by broken promises. And so it's no wonder, then, that we are skeptical about all or most promises. We know that we ourselves are also offenders as well as offended. With the sledgehammer of our selfish heart's desires, we've shattered promises great and small to to our spouse, children, friends, employers, fellow members of our church, and even to God himself. Confirmation promises, marriage promises, letters to be written, visits to be made, habits to be abandoned, chores to be done, dollars to be earned or offered. Name any area of human life, and if we're honest, we will see that in every area, There are promises that we have sometimes just plain thrown aside because we didn't want to keep them. The fulfillment of all these promises and the accompanying blessings to those to whom we have given our promise depended heavily on our own faithfulness. 
we may never have intended to make that visit that we said we would make. Our promises to a child sometimes were simply a, a kind of parental stalling tactic to get them to stop bugging us. We may routinely leave little room to fudge when we make promises of any sort to anyone. So therefore, when we think about God's promises, we sometimes slip into assuming that, well, maybe God's faithfulness will amount to the same thing as ours does sometimes, which is sometimes not much at all. Why should we expect from God any more than we ourselves are willing to give? On the other hand, we may be extremely trustworthy and faithful in keeping even the most offhand of promises. But there are always times still when we cannot be in two places at one time, when we just don't have the money that we thought we would, or when it just didn't work out for some reason. As unintentional as it might be, it still boils down to a broken promise. And so again, why should we expect more from God than we are able to do ourselves? And like the Apostle Peter in the courtyard of the high priest when Jesus had been arrested and was on trial, we also at times have denied, contradicted, and, and even cursed the very promises of God on which we so desperately depend. We sometimes despised the word of God itself as powerless while we stop our ears to its call to us to repent of our sins and, and also to the blessed message of full pardon through Jesus. We store the privilege of prayer like a tool to be used only in case of emergency while we first try everything we can to solve the problem ourselves before we resort to prayer. We argue with the Holy Spirit, rejecting his insistence that there is no greater treasure than Jesus, our Savior. We even go as far as to subordinate the saving grace of God and Jesus to our own uh, theories of what is right and wrong or our own attempts at justification of what we want to do. If God is only as faithful to his promises as we have been to ours, we would say, well, I knew it was just too good to be true. We would constantly have to check on our relationship with God, never knowing for sure exactly where we stand in his sight and living with nothing more certain than a maybe, perhaps, eh, it depends. Grace and peace. What we deserve because of our sins is to be thrown out of God's presence and told to go to the devil and never to darken the door of God's throne room again. We deserve to spend each night of our earthly life in, in restless tossing and turning, haunted by our sins against God and against one another. The better God gets to know us, we sometimes think, the less he should be faithful to his promises. But thank God that he doesn't use our faithfulness to measure his own faithfulness. And so we can celebrate today with the Apostle Paul and with all other believers because God's faithfulness does not depend on us. How wonderfully clear the Apostle Paul makes that with the opening words of our reading today. Grace to you and peace. Grace, that, 
undeserved love from God, a free gift to us, given simply out of love for the recipient, not out of any worthiness or merit on our part. Our need for his faithfulness stems from our inability and sometimes our unwillingness to be so faithful as to deserve his promised gifts. He promises to meet our deep spiritual need through Jesus, our Savior. And so put away your comparisons to your own sorry record of keeping your promises. Look instead at what the merciful, almighty, and changeless God is saying to us. He is faithful. Faithful to all of his promises. His promises are made from a position of power, of almighty power to keep those promises, whereas our promises are made from a position of weakness and ultimate inability on our own to keep all our promises. God is not hindered in his goodwill toward us by circumstances or by lack of resources, nor is he functioning under the crippling burden of sin as we are. He is perfect, holy, and capable to be perfectly faithful in keeping all of the promises that he makes to us. God's promises hinge not on what we have done but on who he is and on what he does for us through Jesus. The Apostle John has the joyful privilege of unveiling God's self-portrait in that simple sentence, God is love. And that love is put in flesh and blood in the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior, sealing with certainty the dependability of God's promises in all things, both earthly things and spiritual and heavenly, eternal things. Jesus was unfailingly faithful to the demands of God's holy law, obeying the will of his heavenly Father, both in, in the letter of the law and in the spirit of the law. We have God's promise that he will credit Jesus' obedience as our own in his sight. That for the sake of Jesus, we stand blameless before his throne of judgment. Jesus not only gives us a, a perfect life, his own perfect life to claim as our own in God's sight, but he also willingly and lovingly submitted to the demand for blood payment to atone for sin his own life's blood on the cross. So that God's promise of forgiveness for us might be kept, God's clenched fist of righteous anger against us and our sin fell not on us, but instead on his own son, Jesus. Jesus died for us according to God's promise. And he was also raised from the dead to life so that we who trust God's promises in him might also have life in his name. The reality of Christmas, the, the birth of the eternal Son of God, our Savior. The reality of Easter, his resurrection from the dead. The reality of God's promise fulfilled in his Son assures us that his promises are real for us now and forever. Grace is ours in Jesus. Peace is ours in Jesus. Spiritual gifts are ours in Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit to guard and to keep us in saving faith in Jesus is ours in Jesus. God is faithful in Jesus. 
And with that lovely truth embracing our hesitant hearts, we can dare to believe that this is not a letter addressed to someone else that we have opened by mistake. No, these words, grace to you and peace, are for us. We are members of God's family. We are the recipients of the gift of faith given and nurtured by the Holy Spirit through God's word and through the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. We are being supported and kept in saving faith in Jesus until we stand fully forgiven and blameless on the day when Jesus returns in all his splendor and glory. The Apostle Paul says to us today, in effect, look at yourselves. See that God is indeed keeping his promises to you even now. So he says, I thank God every time I think of you, seeing in you the confirmation of God's gifts that he delivered to you. You are not lacking in any of the spiritual gifts that God has promised to you. Your sins are forgiven. You have eternal life right now, life that will never end even though your bodies may die. The Holy Spirit lives within you. You are one with the Father and are brothers and sisters of each other. You have the privilege of prayer. You have God's own good word. You have his direction and protection, his comfort and his presence in every day of your lives. He is guarding and keeping you, waging war against all the spiritual enemies that threaten you, keeping you in faith in Jesus until the day of Jesus' second coming. And your life, even now, is the signature of acknowledging receipt of the registered letter of God's love that he addressed to you in Christ Jesus, your Savior. In his name, I invite you to live as people of his faithful promises. The Lord tells us not to worry. So don't waste your God-given energies in playing some sort of spiritual king of the mountain, trying by your own effort to climb your way up to heaven. Stop quarreling and, and comparing yourself to other people. Rather, see and, and rejoice in the fact that you have received all of the promised blessings of God in Jesus, your Savior. Accept his peace, the peace that he gives, the peace that assures you that all is well between you and him for Jesus' sake. The sins which God could justly condemn you now for and, and for all eternity have already been fully forgiven through Jesus, wiped away by the Savior according to God's promise. Even our unfaithfulness, even our deliberate, rebellious disobedience against God's commands is also forgiven by the grace of God through Jesus. The most powerful cleansing agent of all, the blood of the perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, has made you as fresh and as clean as a little lamb's first wool coat as sparkling as the newly fallen snow, glimmering in the brilliant light of the sun. The same power by which we are cleansed works in us to keep us faithful to God, the God of our salvation. We can expect change and growth to take place in our lives by that power of God. We in whom God's promised power works and dwells 
can strive for greater godliness in our daily lives. That power of God is one of the often unopened gifts that God gives to us through Jesus. The thief who has stolen can turn away from his stealing. By that same power of God working in us, we also can turn away from whatever pet sins continue to plague us. We face so many things in our daily lives that pull all their energies into trying to convince us that we stand alone, guilty, unloved, and forsaken by God because of our sins. So much of what we know of the past, what we see in the present, and what we anticipate in the future seeks to steal our peace, our joy, and our desire to serve God and to serve one another with a happy heart. And so we need a sure word, a trustworthy promise, a hook on which to hang our hopes. And so how good it is to hear once more that God is faithful, that his promises are true, his gifts are freely given to us in Jesus our Savior. We need no other hope, no other assurance. God's promises are complete in Jesus. Beyond the doors of this sanctuary of, of our church building is the life to which God has called you. He has pronounced your life redeemed by the crucified and risen Savior, Jesus. And so at the conclusion of our worship service, our Bible study today, as you go out from this place of worship, go with the assurance of the perfect promises of our faithful God. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.